Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The following podcast contains adult themes, sexual content, and strong language. Basically, all the good stuff. Hello and welcome to the last ever episode of My Dad Wrote a Porno. Guys, we've made it. That, that will never not sound weird. I know, but you know, we're fine with it. It's great. And we couldn't be luckier today because we do have a guest with us. We couldn't not, really. We couldn't end the series without this exclusive. Yeah. I can't believe he's here. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not looking at him. <laughs> he's just right there. Um, and he obviously requires no introduction. However, I have prepared a little something. Okay, yeah. Oh, lovely. Just to fluff him up a bit. You he know. deserves the headlines. He does, he does. Um, yeah, we are so... So it's it's actually an honour for me to introduce to the mic for the first time ever the Banksy of pornography himself, <gasps> the brilliantly bonkers genius that is Rocky Flintstone. Hi, Dad. Hi, guys. <laughs> this is a world exclusive. This is your yeah. first interview ever on mic. Correct. Wow. I'm personally very excited to have you here. I'm just going to say it. We should have had him on sooner. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, so glad that we're finally doing this. Uh, it feels like a full circle moment. Yeah, well, when Jamie said that we were going to read your books on a podcast, what was your reaction? What's a podcast? Yeah. That was the first question, yeah. <laughs> because they were so new, right? Well, we never thought it would have the success of being probably the biggest podcast in the world. But... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> But no, happy, fine, use it, you know, get, let's get on with it. And, and you've never minded our constant, we like to say critique. Yeah. Some people would be saying, ripping to shreds, taking the piss. Yeah. You've never minded any of that? No, because my turn will come. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hang on, what, you're going to do a podcast where you critique our critiques? It's a damn good idea. Because it's all somebody, got a bit Escher, hasn't Somebody's got to do it, I tell you, because you miss so many lovely little gold eggs, you call them. <laughs> do we? Oh, God, it's unbelievable how much you miss. And actually, the punters, the fans, do get it. Yeah. Because they're listening to this maybe 10 times now, uh, which is wonderful. I mean, I listen to it once, and that's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the poster. We've got a quote. Can we go way back to the beginning and just ask a question, which is a question that we started the very first episode with, I think, mm. which is why? Why? Basically, I'd moved to this lovely place just outside London 
and we'd finished renovating the property, which hadn't been renovated for 90 years. Okay. And after the pavilion was built, I sat down and started writing this. Belinda blinked. You're inspired. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I had nothing else to do, you see. I needed something to start doing. But why porn? Well, why not, James? <laughs> but there is a story to that, and you could answer me in a second. No, we were driving one day, and of course, as you all know, Wilma and I have written 62 books before this, like How to Buy a House in Brazil, How to Survive the Brazilian World Cup, um, back in 1916, I think. No, 2016, sorry. <laughs> During the war. Yes, and... Um, buying a house in Ireland, all these little travel books. And, of course, they were selling absolutely zero. So as we were in the car going somewhere, Wilma says to me, book sales are terrible. And I said, well, Wilma, as you know, the only thing that sells these days is sex. And Wilma says to me, yeah, I can't write it. And I said, yes, I can. And I did. I see. So actually, Wilma was the inspiration (laughs) for you to write poems. Correct. Wow, that is a revelation. Yeah, but I don't think she actually thought you'd genuinely write porn, Dad. No. We've always been a little bit worried about Wilma because I know in the early days when we first started doing the podcast, she wasn't overly keen. She didn't know where it was going to lead to. No, do you think she's okay now? No. (laughs) (laughs) She makes out like she is when I see her. She's a very good actress. (laughs) Right, okay. (laughs) A lot of people ask why you shared it with Jamie and not with your daughters. Because Jamie's a male, he can stand this rigorous entertainment. Is that really why? Absolutely. This is not for the faint-hearted, this stuff, you know. Oh, you knew that when you were sending it to him, that this was raunchy stuff? I am the biggest wind-up merchant in the world. Well, the Irish world. And (laughs) I sent it to him to see, A, would he read it? Because he doesn't read anything I send him. Right. (laughs) B, which is true, isn't it? Not anymore. I read everything now. (laughs) Meticulously. (laughs) I'm a lawyer on speed dial. B, would he get past the first page? Because Belinda blinked. It wasn't a dream. Someone had just asked her to move her blouse. Sort of attracts your attention and you think, well, I've got to read the next sentence. So you might say you were writing those words with Jamie in mind. And then did you get really into it? Um, Did you think, I've just got a natural flair for this? I have no natural fur for this, Alice. I can put. I would agree, but I just wonder what you thought. I can put fireplaces onto walls. That's a flair. I can do that, but not uh, not writing. No, I'm rubbish. <laughs> well, at least he admits it. I don't think you are, though, because actually, having been able to take a step back, Belinda blinked. It wasn't a dream. The job interviewer had just asked her to... Like, that's actually a really good opening to a book. Yeah. And people have said that. Yeah. Oh, very compelling. Kept us reading for eight years. Well, when we visited the... Um, you guys played the um, New York City uh, Radio Music Hall venue. Those, yeah. those words in a different order, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I was lucky to get even that one. I, I, I got the right city, did I? Um, they sent us around this big book because we were in the dressing rooms and um, this big book was full of all the people who played there over this past three years. It was a guest probably. book, wasn't it? It was a Correct. kind of like visitor's book. And, and they wanted us to each put in a sentence of what we wanted to say. Mm-hmm. And the one I put in was, Belinda Blinkton wasn't a dream. She just arrived at the Radio City Music Hall Playhouse. <laughs> Can we just have a whole episode where Frankie tries to say the name of Radio City Music Hall? <laughs> Playhouse. Um, no, that, that, that was good, wasn't it? Yeah, you were like, Belinda Blinkton wasn't a dream. We just played Radio City. Yeah. Just, yeah. That was a good quote. Yes. It, was, it was a kind of Rocky remix, wasn't it? And I it? did I sign it Rocky and give it two kisses. Of course. I mean, Dad, there's nothing that you haven't signed. I mean, if you can find something in the world that Dad hasn't signed, it's worth a fortune. (laughs) 
He does love giving out those business cards. He really does. He really does. And so, like, obviously, you started writing, you got into the writing, and also, like, you just retired, so you were kind of bored as well, I'd imagine. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And it's a good thing to do. Though, of course, nobody ever retires, really. And aren't you the living proof of that, Dad? Because the day you retire is the day you die. You understand that? Oh, 100%. So you must never stop doing your thing. Because that's the thing. Like, I think what is really great about you and your kind of story is that you were... A builder. You had many jobs actually throughout your life. You were in sales back in the eighties. You know, you've done a lot of things. And maybe would I say is it fair to say that your most successful work has come later in life? I've matured like a good cheese. Absolutely, and like <laughs> it's a good thing to say. Never give up, right? Never count yourself out. Book sixty-five was Belinda Blinked. I don't understand what that means. We've written 62, 64 books previously, and none of them were doing anything great. Oh, I mean, wow. we were selling three or four a, a, a year. Um, but once Belinda Blink came along, and then you guys got the podcast, we started to sell eight a week. It was really big <laughs> It's stuff. not eight. eight a week. I'm yeah. dizzy. It's big stuff. <laughs> It really is big stuff. I tell you, the, uh, the uh, money coming in from Amazon is really good stuff. Eight a week. I can take Wilmot for a meal once a year. Wow. But that's what's nice about this whole kind of thing is that you've been able to spoil mum and like take her. Like you, you bought the car and named it Belinda. Was the blue number yeah. called Belinda? Yeah. I hadn't appreciated that. I do love that mum's been riding Belinda for the past eight years. <laughs> it's kind of fitting. <laughs> How she served you, old Belinda? Oh, brilliantly. Very, very good. You've been all over the world with her. She's been flat tyres. We've been down to Spain four times in her. Flat tyres? I mean, I just immediately think of that from the books. I just always think of that scene. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Out yes. in the road. That's right. Well, that's where it came from. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Everything's related in Belinda Blinked, apart from the sexual activity. I was going to say, not everything. <laughs> Please do. Hang on. So it's autobiographical? Uh, some of it. I'm 60 plus now, and um, all my life has been put into these books in some way or another. Give us another example. I'm trying to think of something else. When Jim Sterling yep. meets Belinda in his hotel in the USA next he, to his offices, yes, and he shows her his monster dick, and she... Sucks it. She has to brush her teeth afterwards. Right. It's happened to me many times. Which bit? The teeth. To get rid of the flaky skin. I'm sorry, what? You've had to flush your teeth to get rid of flaky skin? Many times. (laughs) From eating meat? Hey, fish. (laughs) Chicken. But not the same scenario as is written in the book. No, no, no. Give it a little bit of lateral tolerance. Hang on, that's the first example you give us of how it relates to your life. I also have just, it's been eight years. Turns out reading it and actually looking at my father and hearing him say, Suck. Suck dick. Yeah. Is actually one of the most, I'm so glad we're ending this. I think, no, I think we've got a new podcast. (laughs) My dad reads a porno to me, his own porno to me. I chose that example because all the fans, when they do a poll or whatever, read it. Twitter, that's the scene they all hate the most. What, because it's so gross? The flossing of the teeth to get the flaky skin out of it. So you're all over the, the Reddits and the I Twitters. I watch everything, and the... yes. I watch everything. I'm watching you all. If you've ever listened to the show, Rocky has your details and he's watching you. He sounds like Liam Neeson, doesn't he? He's like, I have a particular set of skills and I'm watching you at every turn. Well, let's go more into your writing process. So... Yeah. When you're planning the books, because obviously there's a lot of thought goes into them. Huge amount. I mean, minutes of work. James, my writing style is I sit down and write. I don't fuck about. (laughs) Right. It keeps the fucking for the pages. Correct. (laughs) So so sorry. So you literally just, as we thought, you literally just sit down and go. Um, That lovely girl we met in Los Angeles. Rachel Bloom. Rachel Bloom. I had the pleasure of speaking to Rachel for 
10 minutes many, from Many hours, I think, yeah. LA. And I said to her, you are the only person who has got my writing talent completely correct. You see, I'm a cipher from God, or the Norse gods, as I like to put it. <laughs> I'm a cipher from Can God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And it's like our great friend from Wales. Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. <laughs> so many name drops. And he said his grandfather was a preacher. Right. And as he said, he didn't make any preparation. He just spoke the Lord's name in one full sweep to all the people. Okay. That's so that's... how I get my writing. My writing comes from a divine source or perhaps it's an alien source somewhere above me. <laughs> so God is telling you to write Belinda Blinked? Not God. Could it be the, the devil? Could, could it be the devil? <laughs> well, as you had that Baptist preacher from the USA on footnotes once, and she said she does great works with Belinda Blinked in her posturising. Yeah. So... Just to kind of clarify that, so Emma Thompson called you a fucking genius. Yes. Michael Sheen, your great friend from Wales, he compared you to Shakespeare. Yes. Lynn manuel Miranda said that you had mad libs that could put Tupac to shame, but you're saying that Rachel Bloom, thinking that you are getting your books from an alien life form, is the most accurate. Correct. Okay. <laughs> Just clarifying. I tend to agree, actually, at this point. Do you go into the pavilion to write? Is it always the pavilion? Have you done it when you're on holiday? Where do you find is your kind of ideal setup to write? I write best in the sun, James. Yes. Paint a picture. You're so good with words. Paint a picture. What If we wandered in and saw you writing, what would we see? Well, you'd have to avert your eyes because I tend to write with not many clothes on because it's nice and warm. But I tend to write in the afternoons around about 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock. I can push out about 1,200 words in, the, in two hours. Um, and wow! That's, <laughs> that's, that's frantic. Yeah, but the yeah. story's coming down the line. I don't, so in 120 I minutes, you can do 1,200 words. What's that, like 10 words a minute? But with also, like, just no deleting. You're no, like no, just... no, it's all pretty rough stuff, and I'd have to go back I agree, and do lots yeah. Of... Oh, so it is edited. <laughs> Well, yes, because I'm very keen on good spelling and punctuation. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, love, I love the semicolon. It's a fantastic little beast. I think you've really single-handedly brought back the semicolon. I've started using the semicolon way more in my writing because of Dad. Can I ask, actually, because I am genuinely intrigued, How? what is the correct usage of a semicolon? It's a, it's a pause, really. It's longer than a, it's, it's not quite as long as a full stop, which the Americans, the Americans call periods. And also, it's... Uh, a breathing point, and then you can continue without. Okay, so it's a breathing point. Yes. Okay. It's a posh comma, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, fine. A breathing point is certainly how Rocky uses it. Yeah, so yeah. So if you're yeah. taking a breath while you're writing, whilst you take that <laughs> breath, you'll just pop a little semicolon in. Exactly, because I can't stop the flow, so I've got to keep getting the words on. Once I get going, I can't stop. <laughs> okay. Until that 1200 word is written. We used to joke that you did your writing on a typewriter, but you do have a computer, don't you? Oh, yes, yes, yes. So what computer do you do, you do it on? What do you the recommend? The cheapest possible. Great, yep, okay. Yep. That's a good tip for young it's writers. A, it's it's, it's, the, it's um, an Asus? No. Asus. Anus? It's an anus. Something like that. An anus computer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, the other one is a Lenovo, because I have two. What do you mean the other one? He's got two computers. Jeez, you're flashy these days. Well... When one breaks down because I've spilt some Chardonnay on it, you've got to have a standby. This is true. <laughs> it's the golden rule. This is the moneymaker. You've got, you got to have your equipment. I don't use the uh, brain of the computer. I have an SD card that I slip in. The brain. <laughs> the brain of the computer. <laughs> slip in. God, it's just a too Don't much. trust the brain. Never trust the brain. When I have to move to the other computer because I've spilt Chardonnay, this one I have to turn upside down and let it drain for two months. 
I took the card out, the SD card out, and I put it into the other computer. And bingo, I'm up and running inside. I'm, I'm writing all this down. So at ah. any given time, there's a computer in a sack of rice. There's one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Rocky, can I film you using bag, your computer? In a plastic bag in the freezer. That's what you what? do with, isn't that what you do with, like, Mobile murder evidence? And chewing gum on clothes. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't think that's a solution to spilling wine on a keyboard. You've mentioned before about your timeline and how you've actually, because, like, you know, We've obviously ribbed you a little bit, but there's been things that have kind of paid off, like the whole special one thing, East Berlin being seeded early. So you do have like a rough idea of where these books are going. Is that right? Yes. Do you want to elaborate on that? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm not here as a tutorial guide for you three people, because I know you all want to take up my place in life and write all these fantastic books, like James Jumped, Jamie Jibbed and Alice alphabeted. <laughs> they sound great. So what you're saying is, you know, some stuff has to go to go to the grave because otherwise, you know, that's your magic source that you're not going to. A magician away. doesn't give away his tricks. This is true. I want to uh, talk a little bit about the business aspect of the books. Yeah. Because famously, these books aren't just erotica. That's not. That's a mere portion of what they are. They're also business manuals, mm. and that was always something that you kind of wanted to merge together. Do you feel like you've really lived up to the business aspect in these books? I think so. I mean, um, actually, Belinda, I met Belinda when I was selling ready-mixed concrete in Manchester many, 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 many years ago. And Belinda was selling me um, cleaning materials. Now, this girl wasn't called Belinda, but... This, but she's the inspiration. She's one of the inspirations, oh. yes. Uh, she had long black hair, flowing, uh, wore large black leather boots had fantastic breasts. Okay. Um, <laughs> Great. And, and She sold me a lot of stuff. I bet she did. I bet she did. Because she kept coming back every week for another order, and I would give her an order. Of cleaning products? Yes. Oh, wow. You were the cleanest ready-mixed concrete depot in the whole of the UK. <laughs> <laughs> so so why did, the, why did uh, the world of Belinda end up being pots and pans? Ah, because pots and pans are something that we need to use every single day of our life. Sort of something that everybody can get their heads around. Everybody knows what it is. If I was saying she was selling Titanic um, jet condensers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It wouldn't tricky. have been relatable. Yeah. It's true. Because do you feel like people who listen kind of learn business from the book? Of course they do. I do get the odd email uh, that's saying, or if you read the Amazon reviews, actually, some of them do say, having read this book, I am now been promoted to managing director. <laughs> wow. You're changing the world. You're changing lives. Yeah. That's what it's all about, education. I want to verify those. I I wanted to ask you about Jamie's interpretation of some of your characters and some of the voices he's given. Did you mean the Duchess? <laughs> very, good. very good. That it runs good. in the family. Um, what do you think of them? Do you think it's enhanced the books? Are there some you don't agree with? What's your take on the voices? I enjoy them very, very much. Um, I think his Irish accent absolutely crap. Awful. But never mind. Bella, for example... Yes, very, very good. I mean, that was Mr. Middleditch who brought that on initially and for the inspiration for the voices I truly feel came from. 100%. And um, it was very good because he did this yucky, yucky, yucky going down the high street and said, oh, you've lost your back, seal shoes, how are you? I remember it well. It was perfect for Bella, absolutely perfect for Bella because Bella is that sort of person. I mean, Bella is very one of my favourite characters, to be honest with you. And she's just such a... If I wanted a night out, I would go out with Bella. What? Oh, yeah, I agree. So much fun. By gum, you are not going to be... Picture um... that. Rocky, <laughs> Rocky and Bella, Bella on a night out. 
I don't know who drink who under the table. Well, the champagne would be flowing, that's for sure, because she doesn't drink anything else these days. Yeah, Bella's one of my favourite characters as well. There was one voice as well that really stood out. Jamie did a, a German accent for Petra. Yes. What did you think of that? Yeah, very good, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the fans love Petra. I mean, for some reason, which, which beats me because she's really a nasty little git. Um, they love her. They love her, they do. They love all the characters. You've really created some indelible kind of characters for the world that you hear them for like a sentence and then you just well, fall James in love with Spooner, them. James I was really sorry to write James Spooner out of it because you never kill your, your real goodies and you never kill your real baddies. So Bish will live on forever. I mean, probably have a few heart bypasses and all this sort of business. But you don't get rid of your big baddies and your big goodies in... In novels. In show business, you know. Okay. show business. So right. it's important that you keep these people on street. Where did you learn that pearl of wisdom? How do you know that about killing off your goodies and baddies? Oh, you just watch all the big TV um, screen plays uh, <laughs> and watching Lord of the Rings prequel at the moment. Oh, the Rings of Power. Rings of Power. And um, they should have killed that bloody elf when they had the chance. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. But, but 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 then we wouldn't have had a story, though, to your point. That's exactly the point. And a bit like James Bond and Blofeld. Like, Blofeld never died. He always came back. He's always a fan. Oh, my God. And the one thing we know about Blofeld is he doesn't have asthma. Right. Right, OK. Good. And do you know how we can deduce that? Because he's always stroking bloody cats. Right, so he's not allergic to cats. And if you have cats... cats which is different to asthma, famously. shed hair, which means if you're asthmatic, it gives you a problem because the hair is very short. It's lovely. But, OK, you have cats with long hair and they're better for asthmatics. So perhaps Blofeld's we got We were talking about hair. one thing. <laughs> I was going to say, gear change. He's literally pulled the handbrake on and we've gone full 180. I thought we were somewhere and the tone of voice suggests that we're still on that topic, but we have taken a very hard left-hand turn. But that answers your question, Oz. It doesn't, but, I, but, it's, it, but it certainly was... a ride an absolute ride i also love that we now have a headline rocky slams rings with power <laughs> they should have killed the elf can i ask a really basic question which is do you think the books are sexy some of them yes i think the job interview one in the first chapter of the first book is pretty sexy mm-hmm. and suggestive because nothing Absolutely. actually really happens. Yeah. No, but she slips off the seat. I mean, it's more than suggestive. Private pussy area is yes. quite intense, as is labial pinkness. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Labial these, pinkness, You need Rocky. these words like salt and pepper in your food. You need to sprinkle these words in now and again to keep the taste buds going. Right, I see. Okay. He knows how to pull in a reader. Well, also, we should talk about like your, your kind of iconic phrases. Things like, her tits hung freely like pomegranates. The rivets on the Titanic, the yeah. flesh of mankind. How do you come up with these? I mean, amazing metaphors. Yes, um, they are. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. I've been wanting to do the rivets on the Titanic ever since I grew up in Northern Ireland, where the Titanic was actually built. And of course, I had a relative who went down with the Titanic. I think she was actually one of the few who got saved. Um, so. Nipples and rivets are very, very similar things. And you've wanted to... You've been sitting on that metaphor since you were a child, you said? Oh, maybe about 18. 18, okay. So wow, for... just waiting for the right time to use Correct. it. <laughs> you can't bring it into buying a house in Brazil very easily. True. Or, or, or shifting cement. Correct. Yeah. As he mixed his cement, his nipples shrunk and became as hard as rivets. Doesn't work. I like that he knows what doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. And also, that is writing erotica. That isn't selling cement. So it does work there. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp Online Therapy. Now, we don't always realise just how much our negative thoughts and experiences stick with us and weigh us down. You might find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings, that frustrating thing your mum does, or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get all of this off your chest, and I'm sorry about what I said last week, James. Um, Whether (laughs) it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. And that's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mydad today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash my dad. Um, really basic question for you. Rocky Flintstone, where did that come from? Uh, that's been dealt with many times before, I do feel. But for one more time, yes. Oh, sorry. It came from uh, Rocky. I'm, as you know, I'm a geologist by training, by yes. my, my background in high school. Um, so rock and geology high school. Geology. Yeah, yeah, I did geology at high school. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then I went on to university to read it further. Um, yes, rocky, so rocks. Rocky. Yeah, right. Um, in Brazil, we have this friend of ours who's still a very good friend. And um, he had a dog called Rocky, a big black Labrador, beautiful thing. Uh, Flintstone comes from that lovely cartoon called The Flintstones. Right, yeah. Of course, Wilma comes from The Flintstones. Yeah. And I do love the scene where Rocky, no, Fred, gets left outside at the end of the everything and he's hammering on the door to Wilma. Wilma! <laughs> Met me in because the dog shut the door on him. <laughs> and uh, it all came together very nicely. Yeah, they, they really tie up together lovely. They do. I mean, I think it's a great name. Like, it I is. have to say, it's... it's, it's... so many people say, why was that not taken... And in fact, Hannah Barbara have taken it because I did try for copyright on Rocky Flintstone. <laughs> it wouldn't let you have it. I got a five-page letter. <gasps> did you really? I did indeed. It's a cracker. I've kept it. Someday, <laughs> someday I might publish it with their permission. <laughs> What's funny about it is that they sent this letter to Dad um, and they thought that they'd found his real name, I guess on the internet or something, um, but it wasn't his name. No. <laughs> And they think they're being really, really clever, don't they? They're like, Dear. I think they called me Jim, actually, which is another yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. And we both like, literally not his name. Where, where have you even found that? <laughs> was there a world where you would ever have not written under a pen name and would have written as your real name? Never. No. Why, is, why is that? Um, you do want to keep a small amount of privacy. I mean, I've got very nice neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> do they know they live next door to Rocky Flintstone? Not many of them. Oh. I mean, the postman knows who I am. But he never says anything. They're very discreet. They are, yes. Very discreet. Absolutely fantastic people. Oh, because you get mail saying Rocky Flintstone. Yeah. Oh. I think that's what's been so nice as well, is that everyone's kind of been respectful of that. Yes, and I thank you all for that, because you've been really champion. 
Fantastic yeah. fan base out there. Thank you, guys. Yeah, they're the best. We've all got to know each other pretty well now, so I feel like we've done a lot of, of critiquing of you over the years, which you've taken very well. I wondered what your impressions are of us. How would you describe each oh, of us to Alice. somebody else? Mm. I think you're a very good cement. I mean, very good. if you look at a ready-mixed concrete product, mm. right, or cement, as you guys in the States call it, um, and in the States, you're really genius because you don't believe in messing about with the stuff. You put so much water into it that it's really, really runny. But you compensate to make it hard by adding extra cement, which, of course, is an environmental disaster because you're utilising more... Sorry, guys, I won't go down that route. Um, anyway, <laughs> I was say, what did we ask? What is Your this cement metaphor? or concrete is runny. Our concrete in the UK and Europe is much tougher, much thicker. I'm so dying. It, it comes out of the barrel of the machine, of yeah. the truck, and forms a nice little cone as it spills onto the thing. Now, I make a lot of ready-mixed concrete in my... <laughs> is this just about concrete now? And... I would say that Alice, you're yes. the you're the rocks, the aggregate, the aggregate. James is the sand, oh. and Jamie is the cement. And put the three of you together, and you get a really hard mixture after twenty eight days. Oh, oh okay, lovely. I like that. But it wouldn't work without the water, which is you, Dan. No, I'm the steel. <laughs> the, the of, steel. of what? <laughs> we want to make reinforced concrete. Right. Oh, so who's the water? We need water, Dad. Us, Wilma. Oh, mum's the water, of course she is. Oh, well, that's very flattering. Oh, so there we go. Because, like, I've always felt that... um, Because you've known Alison James for... Years. Ever, yeah. But I always feel like you kind of prefer James to me. Like, he's definitely the (laughs) fair. Yay! Coming around for Christmas, right, Rocky? Yeah, when? Christmas. Christmas (laughs) (laughs) The other Christmas. 25th of December, like Um, like always. Yeah, James, I think, is is definitely your favourite. Then Alice, then me. But that's fine. I don't know. I'm like, I'm in and out of favour, aren't I? No, Alice, you're the witty one. You're the... <laughs> the perhaps you should be the steel in the uh, bloody concrete. <laughs> yeah, damn right. Yeah, <laughs> why about the sand? I'm not sure I'm happy being the sand. You're everywhere, man. No, sand is great. If people are sick on the playground, you pour sand on <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Like sand for... Sand makes glass, I Sand suppose. makes glass. That's yeah. true. You should be the steel, because, Dad, you can be the rocks being rocky. Yes, that's true, yes. Well, let's make it around a bit, yeah. I've got it around, guys. <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> so really, it doesn't matter what order. As long as we're making... You're still the cement. Concrete. I'm still the cement. You're cement regardless. Uh, whatever happens, you're the cement. Okay, thanks. But you are actually in this whole team because you're actually the... The glue. Yes, the same thing. You're the question master and the reader. Right. These guys comment with their witticisms and stuff. and um, It's I purely just, functional. I just write the original material and that's it. That's yeah. it. Such a modest man. Oh, oh my no. God. Honestly, like, couldn't have expected a better answer to that question. <laughs> We are reinforced concrete oh as God. as like a gang. I kind of like that. Yeah, people have tuned into this podcast and all they're getting is concrete talk. <laughs> Cement to you guys in the States. A lot of people actually worry about you having your right to reply. They think we're really, really mean to you. You are. No, we're not. No, we're not. Look at his little grin. And he knows it won't be picked up on the mic. <laughs> do you think we are? Who do you think's the meanest to you? Alice Levine. Yeah. I would say so. This is a this is a stitch up. It's too sharp, isn't it? It's when she doesn't add a laugh afterwards. It sounds like a real. She asks all the interrogative questions. Oh, so the smartest is what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, James Cooper is my friend. We're good mates, aren't we, Rocky? Yes. We we email each other You're such about a fucking sucker. such a teacher's pet. I can't believe uh, it. Excuse me, Rocky. Yes, James. Who keeps this project on course? James, you're the PR man. You're brilliant. Thank you. Social media, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a compliment. (laughs) I know that this is 
uncomfortable, which is my favorite part of doing this show. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna ask it, and I just want you to. Can, do you promise to be truthful? I'll try my best. Okay. Are the scenes depicted in the book ever taken from your sexual oh experiences, or your, or, oh. or your fantasies? Every single one of them. Oh, Rocky. That is yeah. honestly... I oh. keep going back to the flossing the teeth bit. It's so true. Let's do the other one where the blue cum sprinkles over the wedding cake. Do you know how that came about? Oh, how? No. One of our big supermarket chains <laughs> produced some hair conditioner, which was light blue coloured, or medium blue coloured. And as I was squirting it over my head to do my hair, it spattered down onto my torso. I thought, <sighs> good God. <laughs> What a fantastic... Oh, oh my God. I'm going to explain. Oh, my God. God. It splattered onto my torso. No, uh, it splattered onto uh, my torso. And you thought, oh, that would make lovely jizz. That is rough, Dad. Even, oh, my God. Uh, should we... Should, let's move on to lighter topics. I just wanted to ask you, obviously, we've done some incredible things on the journey of this podcast. We've done live tours. We did a physical book of your book. Um, we did the HBO special... I was just wondering what some of your best memories or highlights of the project have been. There have been so many, James. I mean, I think sitting down and writing that first set of words, Belinda blinked. It wasn't a dream. The job interviewer had just asked her to remove her blouse. Must be the highlight of the whole thing for me. So really? right at the beginning. Nothing oh, yes. else since. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and, and seeing what that produced yeah. is phenomenal. I mean, it's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, it, like you couldn't have expected where it no would go. Way. No, no. So beyond the writing of the actual first chapter, which obviously without that we wouldn't have a show, what are some other kind of highlights along the way for you? Any- I certainly enjoyed Australia. Mm-hmm. Mm. That was good touring in Australia because they're very friendly out there. And that's not to say that the UK or the USA aren't. It's just different because I think we were there, was it uh, springtime? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, we, it was we great. We unfortunately had those fires, which is a real, real shame. But um, yeah. Because you're never really... in the audience, are you? You always sit in a very special, secret side of stage bits. So at Sydney Opera House, you, uh, you don't always have the best view, but I feel like what you get to do is watch the audience. Yeah, I really know. I sit behind a big, thick curtain and just listen. Mm. So it's really like a podcast for you every night. <laughs> it is, absolutely. And is it true that mum, like on, on this last tour, mum would sit with you and you'd listen to it together and then at a certain point mum would just slink off and go downstairs to the dressing room because she didn't want to listen to it. She has never, thank God, heard the last five words of the latest um, Okay. Live um, show. Live show. It's quite, it's quite blue. <laughs> yeah, it was quite blue. But, you know, that's what's interesting about these books. You know, they are about women, though. You know, they're about the Glee team. They're about Belinda. Why did you write pornography from a woman's perspective? Well, you've told me about the Bechter factor. Uh, the Bechtel test, yeah. Bechtel test, yes. <laughs> the Bechter factor. <laughs> yeah, well, I prefer to call these things because I, I always change things a bit just to stop the lawyers from getting too anxious. Yeah, too absolutely. Got you. Wise. Yes. Um, so I'm a very big feminist. I mean, I really should have been born a woman, but mm. I wasn't. So there you go. It had to be about women. Do you feel like Belinda Blinked is a feminist novel? Yes. And did you ever have creative ambitions? Because obviously you've always worked in quite labour-intensive jobs. Like, had you always wanted to be creative? Well, I think um, I've always been creative in my private life by doing gardens and all this sort of thing. Mm. Seemingly, I, I'm, Wilma says I'm one of the best landscape gardeners around. You are, you've done mine. Do, yes. you, do, you do a beautiful job. Yes, and that's just basically, I mean, I get all the people to do the heavy work now. Wilma does all the lifting of the soil. <laughs> 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 She's better at all that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I do the technical type 
direction of the walls. and Those little hands, they're good at digging earth, aren't they? Absolutely so. fantastic. <laughs> Not to turn this into a family counselling session, but we've been doing this for a long time together now, the four of us, and I sense a little change in your relationship with Jamie. I feel like having a project together has been a nice thing. Absolutely. The last project we had together was when he plastered or pointed the walls of our house in France, which was a three-year job. Yeah. And quite a different job to reading still, your pornography still, still artistic, very artistic. I mean, I tell you, you think building is not artistic. It's one of the most artistic things in the world you can do. Well, that's what this are, episode's about, mainly. You're creating something for a long time in the future. Yeah. Which is what we've done with these books and this podcast and all the live shows and all the rest of the stuff that you guys will be doing in the future. Oh, 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 that was very restrained of you. Very good. So do you think that, because a lot of people I hear think it's kind of laughable that a son reading his dad's pornography out loud would be something that would bring you closer together. But I think it has. I mean, how would you describe how your relationship is now eight years on? Um, Jamie is a very complex individual. Oh my goodness. Could not agree more. (laughs) Could not preach. Preach. And as a result, he has to be approached gently (laughs) about many things. Um, I give you the analogy of walking over eggshells without trying to make a noise. Wow. Diva. Diva, you're talking about. I mean, just before you arrived this morning, I would say he was having a bit of one of those moments. You should have been here last night when we were putting the gate on. My God. (laughs) Oh, I was telling you about that fucking gate, Dad. Um, So... Yeah, he's a complex character, but at the end of the day, he has a very, very, very attuned sense of humour. Yes, he does. Yes. And that's what brings him his uh, in, genius in, in putting all this lot together and delivering it to our fans. Oh, there you go. Okay. That's, that's nice. nice. So you're hard work, but you're, you're a funny. Diva, but you have a kind of superpower. Diva. He never said diva. <laughs> no, I said sir. complex eggshells. Complex eggshells. You're a complex egg. (laughs) You're a complex Humpty Dumpty. Okay. I suppose that's fair. And if I am that way, there's only one place I got it from, and that's you. Yeah. That's very complex. Indeed. I mean, everyone's complex. I think that's the thing that, yeah, we've learned so much more about each other in every way imaginable doing this show. Uh, Like you say, Al, we've been travelling the world together. We're business partners. I read your porn. There's there's many levels that Mm. we're working at Mm. here. Um, But I'm really glad that we did it. Are you glad that you wrote these books? Absolutely. And, you know, Belinda Blinked is cathartic. I had to get all this stuff written down that I had experienced in my lifetime before I forgot it all. Uh, so it's essentially a diary, is what you say. It's an autobiography. Autobiography, yes. No, it's not, Dad. <laughs> Don't be silly. But some of it is autobiographical. It's all true, Alice. Yeah. Even even the hump and skunk. <laughs> Absolutely. That would more than most. <laughs> I mean, poor old Des Martin. He doesn't stand a chance in the real world, that guy. <laughs> um, and he's my favourite RSM, by the way, if you want to ask that question. Okay, good to know. Ken Hughes was a close second. I love his cellar in Leeds. That was a real story, actually. We actually lived above that cellar. <laughs> and we lived Fucking in Leeds. Wilma and I. Well, thanks for telling the authorities. Turned out the guy below was actually a copper. Oh, oh God. Twist. Wow. We got him sacked. <laughs> really? Oh, God. Yeah. Gross. Um, is, there, is there anything you'd like to say, obviously... Everyone's going to be listening to this episode. Everyone finally wants to hear Rocky Flintstone's voice. What would you like to say to all the readers, the listeners out there? This is your platform. It's been a privilege, to be honest with you, to help people through the sadder times of their lives. Uh, The pandemic, of course, wrought havoc with people. They didn't get to see any of their friends for maybe two years because they couldn't leave the building because they're one way or another affected by this horrible 
thing. Um, so no, it's been a privilege to be of service to mankind in that. And you guys have helped spread the message really, really good. I, I agree with you, though. Privilege is a good word. I think we've sort of accidentally, I don't think we could necessarily have predicted it, created a community, created a big gang. And people come to us for escape. And that feels like something really special that we can offer, doesn't it? Yeah. And one of the things about the podcast coming to a conclusion is you can't keep going forever. It's a fantastic time to bring the podcast to an end because Belinda has succeeded beyond her wildest dreams. She's now in charge of this mega maniac business corporation. <laughs> you said and, it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's, it, it's, it's amazing. And I don't want the fandom to think that's the end. It's not the end. It's something else will happen in a different, slightly different way. Exactly. And whilst we may not release the podcast anymore because it's a really good place to, to, to end, I don't see any reason why I should stop doing what I do. Absolutely not. Well, we've tried stopping you. If we haven't stopped you by now, we're not going to stop you from here on in, are we? So, uh, watch this space, guys. There you go. There's a tease. That's a threat. Um, <laughs> do you feel like as a writer... You're going to leave a legacy behind. Yes, because anyone who writes anything will leave it behind. Because you, we are not staying on this earth forever. We've got, I've got another ten years approximately before I lose my marbles. Um, <laughs> no. like, maybe I think that happened say, a while ago. Oh, well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> got to find them first. <laughs> so that's that's a, an in- inevitable situation. But in the meantime, I can do a lot of stuff. What an adventure, though, hey, Rocky. Mm. Hasn't it been amazing? It's been amazing. Because, like, you know, to Alice's point, so many people around the world have read your books and been inspired by Belinda, whether it's through artwork, people have recorded their own songs. Do you remember that Pomegranates and Rivers oh, song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love? What does it feel like to kind of have created a piece of work that has inspired other people? And not just people that you know, people that you'll never meet. I think it's your duty. I think it's all our duties to inspire all the people. Why should we're, we're lucky we've been rewarded financially in a small way by doing it. But the bigger goal is to bring people love and laughter, which is what I think we've done. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And hope yeah. that one day they too will rise above. Life is shit, but we all move on. There's another Blinda Blink reference. <laughs> That's true. That is, that, I've got that in my toilet. It's a, it's a big inspiration. And also, because it's like, you know, you were in your 60s when this all happened. What would you say to people whose lives maybe hadn't panned out the way they'd hoped and that they think that their time's passed? No, you have to have supreme confidence in yourself. There's no doubt about it. And you guys have it because you do other things outside of this podcast, which you have to stick your neck above the parapet and do every day of your lives. Um, so it's all about being confident in what you do. Now, you will never be 100% successful in anything you do, but if you need that 1% grain of success and challenge it correctly and guide it and make it work for you, be it buying your retirement home in the countryside or buying yourself a horse that you can love and ride and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> Achieving your small goals, which might then lead to bigger goals. You might decide you buy your horse, then you've got to buy a little field for it to live in. So you buy a little field. Then you think, oh, I'm enjoying this. I'll do a podcast on riding horses in my field and become a multi-million dollar YouTuber. There you go. I'm going to buy a horse. <laughs> <laughs> it's decided. Toffee apple chew. Yes. So never give up, basically. Yes, yes. never give up. A message yeah, from Rocky yeah. Flintstone. And buy a horse. And buy a horse. And never bank on where you think the answer's going. I mean, never. <laughs> I mean, I hope that this has really given context to the books. You can almost see the moment it starts to go off the track, yeah. can't you? Like, yeah. It, What's it called? Uh, is it called aquaplaning? You know, when the car runaway, is just sort of like, it hits plane. the skids. Runaway train. Runaway, for sure. You are a runaway train in human form. 
Now, Dad, have you brought your harmonica with you? I have. I never go anywhere without the old harmonica. Because we can't end the episode without a blast from Rocky. All right, now, I might be a bit rusty. That's all right. I asked you earlier, like, have you ever played the theme tune and you don't think you have, but you thought you might be able to have a crack at it? Yeah, but I don't know the theme tune well. I only listened to the podcast once, so I don't know the theme tune very well at all. Rocky Flintstone is going to play us out with his harmonica. I thought it's the only way. And he can play an old favourite to warm up with, maybe. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, oh, he's back. He's got it. Uh, (laughs) It's so shiny. What's in the repertoire? Lots of Irish stuff. uh, Lots of Australian Irish stuff. uh, (laughs) A bit of French stuff. (laughs) Anything with names or just... No, just stuff. Okay, okay. Stuff, okay. stuff because you won't recognise us when I do stuff. It. Well, because it's a famous song from the books. I don't suppose you can play Will You Go, Lassie Go? I could try and do that sort of stuff. Okay. Ish. Right level of kind of melancholy as well, <laughs> bittersweet. It is. Okay, I mean, I guess that brings us to the end then, right? Yeah, we've asked the questions, we've done the harmonica, that's everything. <laughs> you can't top that. Um, so yeah, Dad, I just want to say... Have you prepared some words? I have, of course. Speech, speech. <laughs> um, I just want to say a massive thank you, Dad, uh, for coming and joining us today, but also a massive thank you for Belinda. Uh, and thank you for letting us do this show. You know, from the first time I mentioned the possibility of maybe reading your interesting erotica to the world, uh, you've been nothing but supportive. Uh, and Emma Thompson said when she met you that you had a great generosity of spirit. And Damem pretty much nailed it, I think. Uh, you've always been so gracious and an incredible sport, no matter how much we've ribbed you and taking the piss a little bit um and I think what maybe people don't know out there is that we're a family you know it's not just me and you but these two as well we've shared some incredible experiences together from playing Yahtzee on a balcony in Boston to getting quite drunk in the dressing rooms of the Sydney Opera House remember that uh and it has just been the greatest adventure so I'm so proud of you dad I've loved working with you and getting to know you even better over the past eight years it really has been an incredible privilege to travel the world with you and mum and to see you being adored by millions of people all over the globe, you really do deserve it. Um, and you've shown that it's never too late to make an impact on the world. And the amount of joy that you've brought so many people is pretty inspiring. Um, and I'm really proud that I get to call you my dad. And Aww. with that, try and do the theme tune, Dad. Do your best. Wow, that was terrible. Terrible. To Rocky Flintstone, everybody. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers, Rocky. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. No, it's been our pleasure. Um, And so that's it. We've reached the end. Uh, So from me, Jamie, Alice, James and Rocky, thank you so, so much for listening. And that is the end of My Dad Wrote a Porno. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, 
edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 